They are ambitious. They are supporters. They are hustlers. They champion other women. They are boss babes. The Ottawa Valley is full of boss babes, and I'm here to tell you who they are. Amanda Talker Media helps entrepreneurs and small business owners in the Ottawa Valley grow by gaining confidence through strategic branding, photography, and social media marketing. Her services include brand identity, brand photography and videography, social media marketing, and so much more. Amanda has teamed up with HA Video Productions to offer their social media workshops and other great services. It's time to add some fresh, creative content to your feed. Get in touch with Amanda on Facebook or Instagram at amandatalker.media to help you capture, market, and showcase your brand on all platforms. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OB Boss Babes podcast. Not that we want to go back to 2020, but when we look back at the starting of the pandemic, we didn't realize our social lives were about to change drastically. In March, St. Patrick's Day activities were cancelled. Blues Fest kept getting pushed back until it was finally postponed. The Olympics were rescheduled to 2022. And our summers that are usually booked up with social events were all cancelled. Those in the event industry were bombarded with frantic phone calls and emails looking for hopeful answers and guidance about what to do with their frantic brides and all the events that they had originally scheduled for the year. As Ontario slowly begins to open up, what can we expect this summer in terms of social distancing, mask requirements, and limited group gatherings at social events? How will changing restrictions impact the wedding business summer and fall? Well, today, I'm sitting down with Julie McNamara, owner and creative director of Julie & Co. Events in Armprior, who's going to tell us all about it. Please welcome to the podcast, Julie from, again, Julie & Co. Events. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Julie, thank you so much for meeting with me this evening. Um, I want to learn all about you, Julie. So your roots and your heart are originally from the Maritimes, PEI specifically. So tell us what brought you here to the Ottawa Valley. For sure. So I'm going to go back a little bit. I was actually born in Ottawa, but my mom is from PEI. Um, So we briefly moved there when I was quite young, um, before I remember. Um, So I like to say that's where my roots are from, not only because of the family um, ties, but also like my mom felt that was a safe place to go when she separated from my dad. And we came back because she had a very successful job um, on the island uh, and then was transferred back to Ottawa. So um, I had my teenage years in Ottawa and then I married a Valley boy. So that's how I ended up in the Ottawa Valley and I haven't left. It's a a great place to be. So why leave, right? Absolutely. Now, where was your husband originally from? From Armprior. Oh, from Armprior. And that's where you are situated now. That is. Um, But tell us how you landed in the event planning industry and when you started down your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, so as you say, I I don't have the typical um, uh, education that an event planner has, but I totally think that you can pull in a master's of communication into anything. Um, So it definitely doesn't hurt to have it. But um, I graduated with my uh, master's degree and that first summer, my uncle was getting married here in Armprior actually. um, And he asked me, Hey, you know what? My, he he was a bit older, getting married, and he had the so the bridesmaids and the groomsmen weren't as excited as as when we're young and we're all like excited to do whatever our friend needs to get married. So he said, "Can you just go down to the Legion and make sure everything is set up? I just I I, I trust you. You'll make it look nice. Can you do it?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." Uh, sure enough, I show up at the Legion and not a thing is done. So <laughs> um, I called my boyfriend at the time and I said, I need you and every friend you have to come and meet me at the Legion. Like we have one and a half hours to set this up. Um, so they came, we got down to business, set all the tables, made the floral arrangements, <laughs> which is not, I'm not a florist or floral designer by any means but we got it all done um and there were a couple people at his wedding who said hey if we throw you a couple hundred bucks can you like we need somebody to do what you did here (sighs) and I had just finished a master's degree started working in the not-for-profit industry I would have done almost anything for a couple hundred bucks so I was like yeah sure let's do it and from there word of mouth started happening that like Hey, this girl's good. Like she, she knows how to set her, set up a room, which I realize is not a wedding planner, but like 
baby Julie definitely thought that that was enough. Um, and so I said, if people are going to pay me for this, I might as well be doing it the real deal. Let's, let's make this a legit business. And I didn't formally educate myself on how to plan a wedding, but I have learned through experience. And um, if any of my first paying clients are listening right now, I apologize. And I promise, I promise I, I do better now. Not that they know any different. They were all satisfied, but, but I might've oversold myself. <laughs> That's hilarious. I always find it so funny how people land in their fields, you know, especially working a full-time career and then transitioning over to something that you kind of just stumbled upon. So you were working in a nonprofit organization and what were you doing there? So essentially project management. So, and, and I, for people who don't quite understand what an event planner does, I know, I know you want to talk about this a bit later, but um, it, it's a project manager for an event. So I was managing um, special projects for an organization. So anything that was different, not run of the mill. And then I switched to doing their conference logistics planning because I was doing wedding planning at the same time. And as anybody who's worked for not-for-profit knows, you wear many hats when you're um, working there. There's not many people, not a lot of money to go around. So I definitely jumped on board and helped. And that's actually how I have a lot of my corporate event experiences is by given, being given the opportunity at a not-for-profit. So then you started doing all these things on the side. You're starting you know, to build your clientele, so to speak. You're obviously not doing this full-time as of yet because you're still full-time. So how did you jump in to starting your business then? How did that come about? Yeah, it's, that's kind of an interesting story. So there's kind of two official dates that we like to go by. So the official, we have our first contract um, <laughs> to make it a legal thing would have been in 2012. And then um, not too long ago, actually, in, in the winter of 2019 is when we went kind of full time. And it was um, through kind of like some personal events that happened that um, I was working for um the House of Commons, so on Parliament Hill as an event planner, really posh, really exciting. And then something happened in my personal life. And I, it, it was a big indication that working on the Hill in government was not for me. Um, and I took some time away from working and just made a decision to go full bore with Julian Co. And I've not looked back. So we're not too far into the full-time entrepreneur um, career path, but uh, it's, it's been great. I want to actually get into that because um, I just want to know, like, what can someone expect when hiring an event planner and what does your team all provide? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. So I'm going to give you a pop culture reference and then I'm going to, I'm going to, for the people who don't know who I'm going to make reference to, I'll, I'll break it down. So um, I was once told that we are the Olivia Popes of the wedding industry. So Olivia Pope is from Scandal and her professional title is a fixer. So if you were a project manager and a fixer, you're an event planner. So if that doesn't make sense, people don't get the reference. You can just expect a third arm to be added to your team. Um, we often say that we plan events for people who are too busy to plan them on their own. Um, and this is both true of weddings and corporate events. You're, you're too busy and you don't have the experience to do it well, you come to us. So that's a very broad spectrum of, of what we do. Um, but technically we have three divisions, if you want to call it, um, weddings, which I think is where we'll, we'll focus on, um, corporate events, and then cultural events. Weddings are obviously any wedding between two people who love each other. Um, everyone's welcome at Julian Co. That's something important that I want everyone to know. Um, Corporate events are anything we've done, large conferences of 1,200 people to small board meetings of five people or Christmas parties or fundraising events. The cultural events are things like art shows and fashion shows, concerts and festivals. So um, that's, that's what we do. We plan it from start to finish. So anything that you need, we will plan, but we plan it with you. We're, we we like to, that's why we say we're a third arm of a team. It's, it's not, we wag our finger. We tell you what you need for your event. You tell us what you need for your event and we make it happen. So how do you guys keep track of all these events then, Julie? I mean, we're thinking pre-COVID too, right? Like yeah, yeah. we are gonna talk about COVID and how that's impacted the business and stuff, but pre-COVID, I'm sure you had so many events. Like how many actually did you have per year? Oh, oh, that's a good question. 
<laughs> um, before COVID hit for 2019, we did 41 weddings. Um, Gosh. and wow. Yeah. And three conferences. So, um, we were really wedding heavy. That's kind of shifted since COVID we've switched to virtual, which means it's more, um, uh, corporate stuff. Um, but I'm going to say the secret to my success is actually my team. So I know that I am the face of the company and I get to do all these fun things like go on podcasts and talk about it, but I'm super lucky to work with the women I do. Um, they are amazing. <laughs> I don't know how we keep track of everything, but I, I think another secret to our success is using a cloud-based software um, that we can all be on the same page about. We also um, have meetings. We're, we're in constant contact with each other um, about everything. So while I'm the, the leader of the pack, um, these girls are doing amazing things within their own assigned events. Um, and then we come together and we brainstorm um, what to do at each event. So just because I'm not running one of our fundraising events doesn't mean my brain doesn't get, get to do it. We are six brains that get to all work together. And I think that's, that's amazing. Like I was saying to Julie earlier, I mean, pre-COVID, I'm sure you looked after and planned so many events. And I'm assuming now that we're in the summer season and things are opening back up again, your books are absolutely full. Um, but I want to talk about pricing, but more specifically the packages that you offer. So in a nutshell, what do your packages all entail? Because I do see that you offer several different planning options. Yeah. So each corporate event is, is so different that I'm not even going to get into it. It We work, it's quoted per event, but weddings, we typically see that people are kind of looking for one of three things. That first one is that full planning where you're like, Hey girl, I have I want this for my wedding. I have this much money and I'm inviting this much people make it happen. Um, it's obviously a little bit more than that, but that's, that's typically what we see in that first package. Um, and then we have partial planning where people kind of get the idea of how they're, how they're going to go. Maybe one of their friends just got married, um, but they need a little guidance to know kind of who is the best florist in the Ottawa Valley. Um, where do I go if I want this specific type of chair? That sort of thing. So we'll guide them along the way. Of course, our full planning clients get all of that as well. And then the last one is what we call wedding management. And those are the people who are perfectly comfortable planning the whole thing kind of up until the six week before mark where, you know, you need somebody to take a peek at what you've planned, make sure all the details are finalized and then executed on the day of for you. Just somebody to be there so that if something happens, you know, you're not calling up a, a bride or a groom saying, um, hey, we don't know where this thing is. Can you find it? Do you know what? That phone call comes to, to the Julian Co team and we take care of it. So those are typically the packages we offer. But I mean, if somebody doesn't fall into one of those silos, it doesn't mean they can't work with us. Well, we can create a custom package too, but that's kind of typically what couples are looking for. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning of the planning process then, Julie. So let's say I'm sitting down with you. I'm wanting to start my wedding planning. How soon should I start looking to work with a, an event planner? And again, I'm thinking, you know, pre-COVID before restrictions are all over the place. We don't know what's happening. How soon in, in the wedding pro or in the yeah, I guess in the wedding process, should I actually reach out to someone and say, okay, like we should start planning. Yeah, that, that's a super great question. And it has shifted a little bit since, since COVID. Um, before COVID, I would say the ideal planning time is at that one year mark. And now it's reach out the minute you get it engaged. And, and think of it this way, 2020, nearly all of our weddings and, and weddings in general were postponed or canceled. So we've taken 2020 and we've popped them into 2021. Now, the beginning of our wedding season was kind of postponed again. May and our May and June couples have moved to 2021 and or 2022 and 2023 even. So now in, in, in next year, we will have one and a half years of weddings to um, fit in as well as the regular set of weddings. So we have like two and a half years of weddings happening in one year. So many of our vendor friends are saying that they are booked almost solid till 2023. Because we're a bigger team, we, st we still have some room. Um, we can accommodate up to three weddings in one day. 
there aren't many companies who can do that. If, if a photographer only has, they, they are a one man or woman show, they can only take one, one wedding per day. So things are, the minute you have a ring on your finger or you've been asked, somebody asked you to marry them, reach out to your event planner, your favorite event planner, um, and all of the rest of your favorite vendors because things are booking up so quickly. That's crazy. I mean, you're, you're so right. And I'm just thinking back, you know, when I first got engaged and we were starting to plan our wedding and um, I remember just thinking like, oh yeah, I can, you know, I, I needed the photographer right away. I needed, um, I'm trying to think of what else you need, like floral, like florals can wait. Um, the event or the event venue you need to book right away too, for sure. But like everything, like the DJ, like that can wait, the, the K can wait, like, and now you're just saying like, you need to book everything ASAP. Yeah. And think about when you were getting engaged, how good would it have been if one of your best friends actually knew how to plan a wedding? That's, that's our role. I mean, I, I don't mean that we're going to be best friends with all of our clients, but, but I, I feel like that's the relationship we take on. We're just like this really knowledgeable friend who will help you get things checked off your checklist. Yeah. That's exactly what you want and, and what you need to, because not all of us have that experience in planning a wedding and it sometimes just relieves all that pressure and that stress. And especially in COVID times right now with all this craziness up in the air, but Speaking of COVID, which we're going to be constantly referring back to, Julie, I want to talk about how this news impacted you and your team, because at the end of February 2020, you and the girls were sitting around discussing the upcoming wedding and event season. And then just two short weeks later, news of the pandemic broke and you were hit, I'm assuming, with notifications that weddings were being postponed, events were being canceled. I'm just want to pick your brain like how did your team handle these cancellations and postponed events like what did you what did you think there was no time for thinking is the real answer but we handled each postponement one at a time it was a really shocking thing to go through um our poor couples because not only is it shocking for them to like have to postpone because of a global pandemic something that none of us have ever lived through before um so they're emotionally attached, but we're like, oh shoot, how do we get these logistics to make sense? And, and it wasn't just, you know, one, one client per week coming in. You're right. It was this influx of most of the 40 weddings we had at least touch base with us, or we had to reach out to. Um, and in the beginning, like, it's not like we, like, we've been living through this for almost a year and a half. Like we, we kind of know, okay, well, the government will tell us how many people we can have an event in April, 2020, March, April, 2020, we didn't know. We had no, like, it was like clients were coming to us asking questions. And all I could say was, I don't actually know. Um, and, and it was our busiest season and we were all super excited. Um, but instead of being busy prepping for those weddings, like going through their timelines, going through, we were helping them renegotiate their contracts um, and, and setting them up to be married in, in future years or later in the year. Um, and then we were really lucky enough to be able to shift our business to more corporate contracts, with, which helped us financially. So I, I think that like our our minds switched a little bit there, but it was, it was really doing things one thing at a time and, and keeping what was best for our clients in mind. That was really important to me, not just, oh, we're losing all of this wedding income. It's like, no, think about the other people for a second. Like they're losing out maybe on money um, and losing out on their wedding date that they've been so excited for and, and emotionally connected to. Yeah, because all of us here, we're all looking towards the government for guidance and reassurance and next steps of what we're supposed to be doing. And especially businesses that are essential, um, they were looking to the government or the ministry or whatever for those guidelines of what to tell their staff who had to keep working. And you guys probably just put your heads together and are like, okay, we got to do this. We've got to come up with answers, like almost like a frequently asked questions <laughs> document almost for all the clients that were coming to you guys. Yes. So what we did was pretty quickly, we put together like a, like you're saying, like an, like an FAQ, like, okay, this is happening, telling and being upfront with our clients. I'm, I'm never going to lie to them. I'm never going to make things up. I said, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and the, my, my 
line was my crystal ball is broken. I don't know when this thing is going to end. I don't know when we're going to be able to gather again, but here's what we can do. Let's like, we can reach out to all of your vendors, renegotiate your contracts, hopefully. And, and for the most part, vendors were very gracious um, and either letting people move their deposit to a new date or, or charging a small admin fee to do that. Um, and really took care of our clients as well. I, I was super impressed with everybody that I worked with um, on how they were handling it as well. Because in the contract, it, it says non-transferable, non-refundable. So that means you can't move this to a different date and you ain't getting your money back if you cancel. So legally, these, these places don't have to give you your money back. So I was pretty impressed with the majority of, of places that I worked with. And I mean, some had to do what their contract said for their financial reasons, but we're still really gracious about giving people breaks elsewhere. Um, so that was, that was amazing um, to see. Yeah, no, that's good. And I know that there were so many frustrated brides who did lose deposits and mm-hmm. you have to understand, I think as well, where the company or the vendor is coming from, because now their business is closed. They're not generating income. Again, this is before the CERB, this, and even with the CERB, they still weren't making that much money and they have to bring in some income, some way, shape or form. And you know, you're going to get married down the road anyways, but my heart just went out to all these vendors and businesses that still had to keep going and they were at a loss too, but I know it was a difficult time and still is a difficult time for everybody. That's right. And I think that's a great example of where a wedding planner is super helpful to help you see both sides. Okay. I know, I know you're mad that you're not getting your money back. I, I, I understand. I I'm, I'm mad for you, but now just take two seconds to think about this small business that you hired and you were super excited to be supporting a small business when you signed up with them, but think about it. If they give you that big chunk of money back, that business doesn't have it. Like they, they don't have that anymore. Just, just think, and you know, like that, that's a good way of showing that a, a wedding planner or an event planner um, is the middleman between a client and vendor. So that's, it's a great, it's a great way to think about it. All right, Julie. So I want to kind of get into a little bit more about your business and how you guys have had to pivot because I'm sure last year you went from all these large, big events and weddings and you had to downsize and work with couples, sorry, to downsize. So have you helped plan virtual weddings, micro weddings, elopements? So last year, things things shifted as we've talked about. We weren't as busy. So, and, and I think something that I like to do when I'm feeling down in the dumps is to do something good for somebody else. So we planned um, a wedding giveaway. So we ran a contest through Instagram um, to give away a wedding to an essential worker. So the, the definition of essential worker was very broad there. It included anybody who was still working in their workplace pretty much um, could, could just send in why they wanted to get married, their name, phone number, email, they were entered to win. So I think that helped us stay positive. So there's that, that shift and pivot. It helped bring that good energy to the Julian Co team that we normally have because we're all so excited about helping people get married. So there was that. And then we 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 pivoted what we were doing for our, the five clients who were able to get married. So pretty much all of our clients postponed. There were some who hung on there for August and, and September, October weddings. They all did virtual weddings. And it was so it was I know that it was a very negative time and people are pooping on the pandemic, but it was actually really cool to learn something new and have new experiences at weddings from my perspective. And I'm and I'm not saying the pandemic is a good thing, but in any way, shape or form, I'm just saying it was really cool to be forced to learn something new. So all of those clients last year had some sort of virtual component. There was broadcast, like a formal broadcast um, we had a couple get married and their family was in Vietnam. And I guess they knew someone at the local TV station. So they wanted it broadcast on the local TV station. So we did a, a, a wedding broadcast. And then there was typical things like, like how do we connect a Zoom call to, uh, how do we send out a link for Zoom so our people can watch us get married because they can't be here in person because we're not allowed to gather in such a large number. So 
yes, we, we did all the virtual things for our couples last year. So you said you had five clients that you worked with last year. So did you only have five weddings? We, we had six. So including, including the wedding giveaway, we did, we went from 42, I think to six. And then what about this year? How many weddings have you had so far this year? I don't actually even know the numbers this year. Total. If, if everybody decides to get married, we are at 30, which I feel is a fair number. Um, because again, we lost May and June out of our typical wedding season. So we're starting up again in right in July, July 3rd is our first, our first official wedding of 2021. Oh, good. Well, hopefully the numbers will have increased by then, which brings me to my next question. So invitations, save the dates, all that kind of fun stuff. So typically you would get an invite, like a save the date, at least, you know, at least a year in advance. I know we had saved the dates and I know we got a lot. Our fridge was full of them for 2020 weddings. And then I have not received any more. And we were supposed to have six weddings last year. They all got pushed to this year and I have not received one save the date. So I don't know what's going on with these weddings. I've been like hesitant to reach out to my friends being like, Hey, are you still having your wedding this year? Like what's going on? Because you don't really want to push them either. So what should couples be doing? Should they be sending out save the dates or updated wedding invitations? Should they be making a wedding website? What are you guys recommending? That's, that's a great question. So I think people who have already postponed have essentially already told their people it's on pause. We will send you an invitation when the time comes. What we are recommending to our couples is that be at three months out from their new wedding date is when you send an official invitation. On that invitation, there has to be some sort of language that says, hey guys, we're still in a pandemic. We think we're gonna be able to have 50 people. It's possible we can only have 10, stay tuned. So, and I think that that, gives people the indication that numbers might change, the plan might change. And I know it's super sensitive to tell people that they can't come anymore, but you have to think about it. These people love you or the person you're marrying. They, they are living through a pandemic too. They know. They, they, they hear the news reports. They know. They will be disappointed, but they, they, you also understand when you're the third cousin twice removed from the situation. You know, it, It's probably gonna, your, your mom and your aunties and your uncles and grandparents will probably, this year, will probably be able to come to your wedding. There are exceptions to that, I know. But when you're the third cousin twice removed and you're told, you know what, we can only have 50 people here and you didn't quite make the cut, that third cousin twice removed will understand. We have to give our people a little more credit um, um, for understanding what, what is happening in the pandemic as well. Yeah, and I don't think that people are too upset about having to downsize in the sense that they didn't have to invite, you know, the cousin's new girlfriend or, uh, uh, your mom's family friend that you've only met once when you were a child kind of thing. I don't think it's that, that bad, but it does still suck when you're having to cut and make huge cuts when you originally had like 150 people and now you're down to 10. So for the majority of couples since COVID started, they also haven't been able to have large wedding receptions, which obviously is the most fun part of the wedding. Let's be serious. Um, and especially for anything that we've been used to in the past, that's kind of gone right now. So what's an alternative to doing a big reception for couples who still want to celebrate after their wedding without actually having to postpone their reception itself? So for couples getting married in the Ottawa Valley, I found last year and some of this year, the solution is switching to a bonfire. So I, I know that that is not a wedding reception. I, I am aware it is not the same as hitting up the dance floor and having the funnest time ever. A bonfire seems to have fill that void though. It's fun. You can still have the music on. You can still drink. You can still have a good time with your friends and family. So I think that that has been the biggest, most fun thing to do in the Ottawa Valley. It's not possible at every venue, but it's it's been how we've solved quite a few problems for our, our couples. That's a great idea. And we're already kicking off our shoes anyways. We're not wearing our high heels during the reception. Like they're all in the corner of the room. I love that idea, especially, you're right, especially being in the Valley. And guys, we've all grown up having um, bonfire parties anyways out in the bush. So like, what's the difference? I love that's, it. That's right, that's right. <laughs> 
Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. We'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. The town of Armpire is growing and we want you to grow with us. Whether you're looking to start a business, relocate your business, or expand your business, we can help you every step of the way through location selection, funding opportunities, business resources, events, and support. Visit us at armpire.ca to learn how we can help your business grow. Now, more than ever, appreciating simple joys or starting DIY home upgrade projects is on our minds while we really get to be in our space. At Poca Loco, our mission is to connect earth, maker, and owner. We work with over 100 independent artisan entrepreneurs to bring you fairly traded artisanal little luxuries for your home and lifestyle that are designed to last. Whether it's that one piece for your home or outfit, a meaningful gift for another that has a story, or perhaps you're looking for plastic-free alternatives and want to choose products that are made with the environment in mind. Every purchase plants two trees in the Pocoloco forest to offset our carbon emissions. Use the code OVBOSSBABES to save 15% off your next purchase in person at our shop in Westboro, Ottawa, or online by visiting pocoloco.com. That's P-O-K-O-L-O-K-O.com. Hey, it's Liz Davis from Bombshells Tattoo in downtown Pembroke, and you're listening to the OB Boss Babes podcast with your host, Holly Molinar. All right, Julie. Okay, so we're outside, we're having a bonfire, we're all in our wedding gear. But there's also the fact that we still have to remain social distance. We have to wear masks. We have to keep it out of capacity. How are you working with your clients to ensure that everybody's still following rules? Yeah, that, that's a great question. It's actually part of our job and the venue's job, if it's, if it's a licensed venue, that we have um, a safety plan. That's, it's actually what it's called and mandated. We need to show that we've screened everybody who's come in. We've asked them, have you been out of the country in the past 14 days? Do you have any COVID of the COVID symptoms? And we have to read them out to each guest. Um, that means for me, I need another staff member there at the beginning of the ceremony, just to, just as our, we call them the COVID queen um, for the day. Um, they make sure we tell people, okay, you have, when you're seated at your table, you know, you can take your mask off then. If you're up at any other point, you have to have your mask on. Um, it's also our job to make sure tables are spaced six feet apart, that they're only, right now the rule is four people per table. They should come from the same household. All of those things have kind of fallen under our responsibility. If bylaw were to come, it's not the planner who would receive any, any of the fines, but it's, they would still come to us and say, okay, we need to see that, you've, that you have a safety plan um, and that you're cleaning. A lot of that falls on, onto the venue, but we have to work with them um, to make sure that, that those things are happening. And, and unfortunately, sometimes we gotta be the bad guy and we gotta say, excuse me, ma'am, uh, excuse me, sir, you, you need to be wearing your mask. Venues have been very helpful with this as well. Like they help us wear the bad guy hat, but um, it's it's no fun, but it's keeping people safe. So I, I, I will do it and the rest of the team happily wear the COVID queen sash. Yeah. yeah, and it's not like it's new to anybody either at this point. We all know if we have to go into a grocery store or a retail store, we all have to wear a mask. If you don't, you get asked to leave. It's just, I think it's just the norm at this point. So no one's going to be surprised anyways. Yeah, that's right. Um, but speaking of venues though, Julie, what are considered some safe venues right now, especially ones that might be able to hold a couple more people outside, let's say versus indoors? Yeah, so I think you hit the nail on the head. It's anywhere that's outside um, because there's more space to spread out. There's more circulation. Um, while we're recording this, we're only at step one um, and we actually can't have any sort of meetings or events inside. You can have the ceremony be inside with 10 people, but if you're outside, there's no max on people as long as you can stay six feet apart. So anywhere that's outside, um, probably right now the most well-known in in the valley or next door to the valley is probably going to be evermore because they have an outside, outdoor space 
but you can, there are so many in Kalabogi, there's the peaks, um, anybody's backyard. <laughs> um, there are Cameron Farms here in Armprar. Um, there are lots of outdoor spaces and, and as well, check with um, like your local town or city because they often have public spaces that you can rent out um, and they're all outdoors and would make great spaces for weddings with a little, a little wedding love spread around. Those are some good ideas, especially like in the arm prior and area way. Cause again, we're always thinking, um, at least me, I'm always thinking of uh, closer to Pembroke, Petawawa, Cobden, Renfrew area. So those are good ideas. Cause I know that that's one thing that brides are always looking. They want somewhere different, somewhere that hasn't been used. And especially outside, the possibilities are endless. Um, what are some COVID friendly activities that people could be doing during a wedding too? Because I know that a lot of people have had some yard games. Um, I've seen karaoke at weddings before. Obviously DJs are kind of out right now. Um, so what are some ideas that you've had for your, uh, for your clients? Yeah, you stole the good ones. I think, I think you might be after my job. Are you in here? <laughs> Um, karaoke was a big one last year that we saw. It's, it's an easy way to control, um, like the sanitation of the microphone is like, you put the microphone down, somebody wipes it down. Um, that's, that's a good one. Yard games are also super popular. The bonfire I mentioned earlier. Um, and, and that's pretty much where it, it's been ending because you have to be careful of people not getting too close to one another. So it, it's been those those things that we can control and stay far away from people. Um, dancing is still off the table, like you said. So DJs can come and play music, but it's it's more it's not a dancing dancing night. That's that's for sure. That sucks. Oh my gosh, because that's always the funnest part, especially after you've had some drinks and you're on the dance floor with your girlfriends. Like that's really the best part of the night, especially when everyone's had like a couple too many and we're all just kind of letting loose and having fun. And if you're just sitting there listening to music, that's not fun. No, no, it's not. And that's that's actually been one of the biggest factors with our couples anyway. Like you were saying earlier, no one's super upset that maybe they can only have 50 people or, or maybe by the end of the summer, 100 people. They're upset that they can't go and dance on the dance floor. And let me tell you, it had I was guilty of stereotyping. I really thought it was going to be the brides that were mad they couldn't rip it up, rip up the dance floor with their girls. It has been a lot of grooms who have been outraged that they cannot get on the dance floor. I love it. I love it. I had one groom that said, well, if I can't dance we're not getting married this year. And I was, I, he is the country boy of all country boys. And I was like, this is, this is so shocking to me, but it's great. It's great. And, and dancing will return, but I'm sorry to say, I don't think it will be in 2021. I think it'll be a 2022 thing. Um, all right, Julie. Well, what about elopements? That's another big thing. I think that really kicked off in 2020 where we were seeing so many people getting, uh, getting a or getting eloped. That's a word, right? They were yeah. eloping. <laughs> they were eloping. Um, yeah, it's a, it's been a big thing. And I think it's been actually kind of something that pre COVID was making a comeback. I think that there were a lot of people of marrying age that were like, Ooh, to have a good wedding, it costs 20, 30, $40,000. We're going to put that on a house. We're going to go to this place, or we're going to get married in mom's backyard. And it's going to be a lovely day with just our close family. And we're going to do it. So I think that that was something that I was seeing as a trend that people were reaching out to us to design the space they were getting married in, but not really plan the typical wedding, like what we think of as a traditional wedding. And I think it's super cool. <laughs> and I think COVID only accelerated it, fueled that fire of people being like, well, guess we don't have to spend that big chunk of money that we were going to spend. We can just do this in mom's backyard or wherever with 10 of our closest people for one hour and then we all we all leave so I think it's great and I think it will continue post-COVID as well yeah I think so too I know a lot of photographers were, were doing a lot of elopements and I have to give a shout out to Autumn Liggett uh, she's here in the Ottawa Valley she's one of our most sought after photographers and elopements are her jam and yeah. so I'm sure that she was all for all the elopements that were happening in 2020 and 2021 and that are going to be continuing her, her photography style matches that completely. So I, I 100% agree. I don't, we don't want to speak for her, but I'm sure she, she loves that, that. Oh, a hundred percent. 
Um, what about couples that are getting married in the fall, Julie? Like, should they still be planning for COVID precautions? 100%. So even when we get to step three, that does not expire till at the very least de December 31st, 2021. So we're in this for the long haul, <laughs> this step three. They've not prescribed numbers for step three at four events of any kind. They just say like larger events will be permitted. So stay tuned for what that exact number is. But I, I definitely see um, guests still having to wear masks. I think we'll go back to being able to sit people at tables in bubbles of 10 um, instead of just the households of four. But I definitely think that there'll still be precautions. I think we're still gonna have to screen people in some way, shape or form. Um, and we'll have to prove that to bylaw if they show up. Um, all of those things are sticking around at least till the end of the calendar year. Well, speaking of which, this was actually going to be a rapid 10 question, and I'm going to throw this at you know, because I do want to kind of elaborate on it a little bit. Um, now that vaccines are a thing and we're getting our first and now second doses, is it okay for brides to be asking their guests to prove that they were vaccinated to come to a wedding? Is that kind of starting to roll out or do you think that's going to be a thing? So... I don't think you can. <laughs> I don't think you can ask your guests to only, like, I think it's against human rights. So I don't think we can, we can do that. I also, like, I, it would fit into the screening. So I, I can ask you, hey, have you had both doses of your vaccine? And I can check a box in that way. But for you to actually produce a paper, like in Canada, I don't see that being a, a, a requirement. I also don't think you want to ask, I don't think you want to have that conversation with your friend who is a non-believer in the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I think it's just something that you should probably stay away from and, and make the choices that are best for, for you. You know, as, as a bride, if you want to approach your guests without a mask and ask them to wear a mask, that might be something you can do. But I think we want to stay away from asking our friends to prove um, vaccines or, or how many vaccines they've had or, or if they've had it at all. Um, have you dealt with cancellations? And I'm not talking, Julie, about canceled weddings because of COVID. I'm talking about broken engagements and uh, canceled weddings that just something down the line did not work. Have you had to deal with that in the past? Girl, you're asking me to spill the tea. I am. <laughs> I absolutely have. And I have, so I have the bride's permission to tell this story because like I said earlier, like you become close with your wedding planner. Uh, like I'm there for one of the most intimate days of your life. We talk. When I first did my consultation, this was pre-COVID, this was like 2016. And I sat there, I was meeting with them at Starbucks and I was super excited. And the groom sat there, arms crossed, super gruff face. And I was like, what's this guy's problem? And I thought it had to do with the, like, like he didn't believe they needed a wedding planner. It was an expense they didn't need to incur. Fine. That happens often. But I was like, hmm. And I, and I had a moment of, I don't know that this couple is right to marry each other. Not that I'm, I'm the one to make that decision. It was just, that's what I read from the situation. And I never said anything. It's fine. We're planning nine months into the planning. I get a call and it's Christy. And she says, Hey, and she is, she's usually bubbliest person, like super excited to talk weddings. And she just says, hey. And I'm like, hey, what's up? What's, what's the matter? And my, my clients know that I'm, I'm here for you all the time. No one ever calls me out of the blue, unless it's like wedding day and they forgot something. So I was like, I'm, I instantly start sweating going, this, this ain't good. What's, what's the matter? She goes, canceling the wedding. And I was like, this has never happened to me before. I don't know how to react. So I was like, okay, okay, oh, oh, okay. I think I said, okay, 40 times. And I was like, can I ask what happened? Because again, I'm like your best friend, but I'm also not your best friend. So like, maybe you don't want to tell me. She says, he's been arrested. Oh no. And I was like, that is, it's just, it's just not what I thought was going to happen. And she's like, I can't marry a jailbird. And she went on 
and on and and I was like okay what can aside from like canceling your wedding like I will take care of that for you but like aside from that can I do any like where are you right now so I'm like I don't do you have a support system like do you want to get a drink like what what do you need right now so we went for a drink <laughs> and uh yeah so they didn't get married there have been a few far less dramatic situations where people have canceled um but what's actually more common is that people speed up the timeline because of a, a sick parent or there's a baby on the way. Uh, things like that happen more than, than a, than a non-COVID cancellation. So you, you got one, one crazy story from me, but I, I, typically it's not that exciting. Well, I appreciate it. And thank you, Christy, if you're listening for sharing, for allowing Julie to share that with us, because I was just holding my breath, waiting to hear what happened. I was like, did he cheat? Did he, I don't even know, you know, what I was thinking. And that is just, nope, he went to jail and he probably won't be <laughs> by the time our wedding's coming around. Like we were saying to earlier, Julie, you would not be where you are today without your girl gang team. And there's five of you ladies all together. And I always love chatting with the boss babe to hype up their girls and their team that works for, for them. So I'm talking about you this time, Julie. So let's sing the praise of the ladies that are part of Julie and Co. They get all the praise. Uh, like I said earlier, I often get all the spotlight and everything. And there have been some people who are like, oh, well, it's Julie and Co. Can you guarantee that it's going to be you at my wedding? And I'm like, man, I'm not even sure you want it to be me because they're better than I am now. I've, I've taught them everything I know and they were already good at it. So they're better than I am. So I'll, I'll introduce you, give you a quick little intro to each of my girls. Um, I'll start with Amy. Um, she takes care of all the admin work for our corporate clients um, and leads weddings that we do for a local venue out in Carlton Place. Um, she's also my sounding board for, for any style design board that you get from Julie & Co. Julie has created it. Amy has told me all of the shitty parts of it and it's been changed. So um, that's the best part about working with your best friend is that there's no, she is not afraid to tell the boss when something is awful. So it's, it's, it's a great relationship. Um, and before I talk about our next two girls who are wedding leads, I'll tell you about the role that they do and then I'll tell you about each girl. Um, so our wedding leads are assigned to weddings and they execute our plans to precision. So they're with us every step of the way. They know our clients from almost the beginning um, and they help keep our clients and vendors on track and on time. Um, Alicia is the first one I'll talk about. She is our calm, cool presence. There have been wedding days where, uh, for example, that wedding giveaway, it rained all day and I was super upset about it. Alicia's just so cool and just comes in and goes, it's okay that it's raining, Julie. Just her, she like has this chill vibe that if I ever get married again, I want Alicia to just <laughs> be there to, to calm me down. Um, she's also, she also owns her own floral business. So she's our go-to girl for, for florals. Um, and she is so amazing. Um, Riley is our other, is our other wedding lead. And these two girls could not be more different. So I try to assign clients to, to the one they match Vessa, but Riley is our little spitfire. Um, her other job is that she is a cheerleader for the Red Blacks um, football team. And I think that that just like the way she's saucy and fiery on the field is the same way she is on a wedding day. And the girl can memorize a timeline. Like every, <laughs> I've already given her assignments for for her weddings this year. I'm sure she already knows each each of the ceremony times and dinner start times for each. It's incredible to me. Um, this year we have two new assistants, but before I talk about the new ones, I want to give a shout out to our old wedding assistant. Her name is Aitan. She came all the way from Ireland to work with Julie and Co. And she had to go back because of COVID, but I'm sure she's going to listen to this. So Aitan, you're, you always have a spot on the Julie and Co. team. Um, and this year, I'm happy to welcome um, Sarah, who is um, living in the Ottawa Valley. She is a going to be a great addition to the team. She's got that eye for design that Amy has and that eye for detail. If, if a place card needs to be moved or anything, she's got that. 
And um, our other is Kemi, and she is another logistics boss babe who can probably handle any situation that is thrown at her. So we're actually six this year, um, and it is going to be crazy busy, and I'm super excited, and I could not do it without any of these girls. That's amazing. I love the shout outs. And it just sounds like you're just the proudest like mom almost to these women. And it just actually not even mom. I shouldn't say mom. You guys are like a girl tribe, like a sister tribe. Um, just because it sounds like you guys all work so well together and you each bring something different to the team and with everybody's personal attributes and their skill sets. It just sounds like you've got a dream team, Julie. I want to be a part of it for heavens. <laughs> Good. I've, I've brainwashed you into, into joining the team. Um, no, it's, it's, it is, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't have kids. So maybe these are my, my babies. I, I love them. Like they're, they're probably my family. So that's, that's definitely true. That's awesome. Well, Julie, we're going to take a little bit of a turn um, before we wrap up this podcast, because you are in an event industry, you're in a wedding industry, you see lots of couples, you see lots of love and romance, and you yourself, um, I'm going to tear up here, you yourself had a love and romance yourself, but something that's I stumbled upon when I was on your social media page, and I was just kind of scrolling through, you shared something uh, this year during Bell Let's Talk Day, you shared that you are a widow. Now you're 32 years old, so you're my age. Um, and I just kind of want to see if you would feel comfortable sharing a little bit about that with us. I am absolutely comfortable sharing it. I've, I've shared it on many different platforms and in many different ways. And um, I'm starting to become a public speaker about grief. So I'm, I'm happy to share, uh, share that with you. So as I mentioned before in the introduction, I ended up in the Valley by marrying a Valley boy. Um, but in November, 2018, I lost him in a hunting accident. He went out on the Ottawa River with a friend and my husband tragically drowned. And this all happened while I was at a wedding. Now, <laughs> I will admit that I didn't deal with my grief until late 2019. So about a year after the accident. Um, and, and you mentioned, you know, is it hard to work in the industry of, of love? And in that first wedding season, I would argue that I felt nothing because I wouldn't let myself. Now, don't get me wrong, in the first, you know, couple of months after the accident, I cried and I grieved for him, but then I stopped feeling it. Um, so my first wedding as a widow, I didn't really feel any different because I was blocking it all out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let myself think of my husband or my wedding day. Now, fast forward to our first wedding of 2020, I'd been doing hardcore counseling for a good eight months at this point. And I'd worked on a lot of my feelings about being a young widow and a few of the other things related to where our relationship was at when the accident happened. He and I weren't in a good place that affected how people saw me moving forward with my life after the accident. And that really, that really affected me. Let's go back to that first wedding of 2020. I'm not sure if it was to be super cheesy for a minute, those real love vibes that those couple, that that couple was giving off, or if it was the work I had done on myself, but holy Mackinac, did I feel the love at that wedding? I think that before becoming a widow, I was approaching weddings super logistically. And I still do like, that's, that's what people pay me to do. I, I still do. But I was already married when I started the business. So those, oh, I'm so excited that one day I'll get married and I'll get to be this in love kind of already happened. Mm -hmm. This wedding, I don't, and again, I don't know if it's because it was smaller because of COVID or if it was the fact that I've been working to on slowing down and allowing myself to feel in situations, but their first dance made me fall like a baby. Right. I was working with Riley, who I very quickly introduced you to. She looked at me like, what is going on over here? And I've never cried before at a wedding. Not, not as a somebody working one, not as somebody attending one. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, and I just, I just felt that love that they had for each other and how sweet they were to each other. No, I, I don't think it's hard for me to be around love and happy people because I'm a widow. 
I think that first year of not feeling anything protected me from that certain type of sadness. But I think working in the industry of love gives me hope. And I don't quite mean hope that I'll get married again one day. But what I mean is that it gives me hope that love is a thing, that love is a powerful thing and a good thing. And when you've got it, when you find real love, you should not take it for granted. Wow, that is powerful. Oh my gosh. I don't even know how you can retain composure during that that spiel there, Julie. And I just commend you so much for being able to talk about this and and get into public speaking, which actually it, it brings me to another question. How did you get into the public speaking? Like it's not something I feel like you just kind of raise your hand and be like, hey, does anybody want to hear my story kind of thing? Yeah. Hey, I have a really sad life story that I just, I just feel like sharing with someone, anybody who listen really. So I, I feel like when we, the way we live now as business owners and, and small shop owners and, and entrepreneurs is that we become our brand and it was important to me to always be honest about what's up in my life. So from the beginning, I've been not posting all of the details, but like, it's not been a secret that I've been a widow. It's not been a secret that I'm, I'm locking up forever. So I posted about it. One of my old high school teachers saw what I wrote and she said, Hey, we have this unit and we're talking about grief. Do, do you think you could come and talk about it? And someone had actually left a book for me by Laura, Nora McInerney um, called The Young Hot Widows Club. <laughs> and she has a podcast too. And I listened to it for the first year after. And just the way she talks about grief and approaching moving forward with your life. And I was like, yeah, I want to be the Nora McInerney for this class. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. What do you, what are the, what is the, tell me what the lesson is. Mm-hmm. And she just wanted them to see that grief isn't something that only old people deal with. And I was like, yeah, because as a 28 year old person who lost their husband, I was like, oh, people are gonna look at me funny. Like there was a whole side of that. So I spoke in her high school class. She had a teacher friend who wanted me to speak there. And then I spoke at a, at a hunter's rally um, because here's my PSA, wear your life jacket when you're in a boat. It's so hard and we shouldn't judge others for how they grieve. I'm sure you can pick up on how there was a group of people in that situation who didn't agree with the way I was grieving, but that's not for anybody to judge. Mm-hmm. And, and now that I'm out of it and have had counseling, I can say that maybe I didn't grieve in a healthy way but they, they weren't to judge that they should have helped. So um, that's, that's how I got into public speaking. I'm happy to talk about it um, almost in, a, in any venue or in any way. Well, we're glad that you were able to share that with us too. And I think that you opening up and sharing your story and letting other women know that they're not alone. And you're right, Julie, it doesn't just happen when you're old. It doesn't just happen when your parents pass. And it's just not something that is common. All right, Julie, well, we're gonna kick it up a notch and we're gonna move into my rapid 10. Let's bring this party back up again and get the positive vibes flowing. All right, so I wanna kick this off with a fun Kenya Knot wedding edition real quick. So we're only gonna have one, but I'm gonna kick it off with saying, can you not bring a guest when your numbers are already limited? What's your can you not? Can you not use burlap and mason jars and apologies if you and if you got married sometime between 2008 and 2018 i will forgive you for your shortcomings if you are getting married in the future please don't do it that's hilarious that's, it is a long time trend and baby's breath smells like cat pee when it's been in water for a while just as a warning to anybody thinking about it all right. Well, what's a wedding trend that's been popular this year so far? I think massive bouquets are are the biggest trend of this year. And I love it. I think it's great. I think it's a great way to, one, showcase your florist's talent and ability. And two, is get some different florals. Other than the obvious, don't wear white. What's one other color you probably shouldn't wear to a wedding? Ooh, that, that's a good question. Um, 
I'm going to say nude. Um, and and I I wear a lot of neutral colors. It's I love them, but I think it's just a bit too bridal still for women. Men, you men are lucky you can wear whatever you want. What's the largest wedding party you've seen thus far in your career? Ten on each side. Oh, that's a big that's a big bridal party. Too many. Too many. I think it's too many too. I loved all of them. They were a great bunch of people. 22 people's a lot of cats to rally. <laughs> and you like, you have the huge, huge picture. Like I'm thinking of a photographer to try to squeeze everyone in. No. <laughs> Is it even worth it to book a DJ with social, with social distancing expectations and no dancing? Yes. Um, a smaller package because they won't be playing the dancing portion, but it is important to have a professional one who has equipment for microphones, two, who knows how to cue music when you're walking up the aisle and all of the other events that are like that. And three, you don't want me as your DJ. So, <laughs> so you've been in business for 11 years. What's the most fun event you've planned? Oh, don't make me do that. Like where I had the most fun or the most fun for attendees? Mm. What one did you have the most fun at? Well, I had the most fun planning a social event for a Congress in Calgary. It was at a bank or an a old bank that had been converted into a bar. And I don't know what happened to our dele delegates. They have worked in heritage, but they were having such a good time and got me on the dance floor. I'm not a big dancer, but I had the time of my life. That's awesome. Especially for you to get right in there too and kick back and have fun. Love it. Does a bride need to rethink colors if she's changing her wedding season? There are, there are traditional colors to be had in spring, summer versus fall or winter, but do whatever the heck you want. Love it. That's the way to go. Has anything ever been forgotten during the wedding or reception? All the time. <laughs> um, not, not on my team's part. There's always, I, I tell people, there's always something that will go wrong on your wedding day. Now, it's not going to be necessarily the end all be all. There's always going to be something wrong. No matter what we plan, when you get more than 10 people in a room, some there there are only so many things we can control i've had people forget rings i've had people get spilt on um all, all of those things go wrong so i'm gonna say the biggest one forgotten was rings though oh yeah that would be really bad i have a scare set in my in my kit so we're good are you serious yep, it's a it's a cubic zirconia purchase from walmart best money can buy but it works okay so this is yet another reason to hire julie and her team because if you forget the rings gentlemen if the groom forgets to bring the rings up at the front of the altar julie will be right there being like i have them got you all right julie well i'm sure you have so many vendors and local businesses that you'd like to give a shout out to and i don't want to hurt anyone's feelings by leaving anybody out but you have to tell us what's one local business that you want to shine a spotlight on that everybody should know about. You have to let me do two, one wedding related, one non-wedding. Okay. My wedding related one is a florist here in town. And I know I said, Alicia's our girl for florals, but if you're in the Ottawa Valley and you need to support somebody and, and, and as we all do, Mel's flowers in our prior. Um, Tracy is such a lovely human that you should get your wedding florals from her. She's amazing. My non-wedding related is a shop. There's a location here in Armprayer and a location in Renfrew. It's called Dasha Fab. The owner, Kaylee, is such a sweet human and the rest of her staff are so amazing. So they've pivoted a little bit during COVID and they have these online shopping nights where they do Facebook lives. There are women in the comments saying, hey, Kaylee, or hey, Amy, what size would I wear? And they they know the size the women, like that is customer service. And of course they don't know everybody and I'm sure they've been a little bit off on a few, but that is impressive to me. That is, that's, it's so amazing. Julie, I feel like I could chat with you for so much longer. You are such a delight. I understand now why when you say that, you know, when you're connecting with your clients, that it actually feels like a friendship because I feel like during this hour and a half that we've been chatting, I feel like we formed a friendship now. I want to literally say to you, let's go grab a drink. Let's go chat some more. Honestly, thank you so, so much for sitting down with me today. This was awesome.
anytime. And I, and I do think we already are friends. Oh, I love it. Well, Julie, tell everybody where they can find you on social media, on your website, how they can book with you. And like you said, if you're getting engaged book now, 100% book right now. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Julianne co events. Um, our website is julieandco.ca. Um, you can fill out the little contact us form and we will get you all started for planning your any event, but weddings specifically plan them right now, light a fire on your butt, start having those conversations. If you want to get married in the next two years. Awesome. Well, hopefully this podcast will give some up and coming brides and current brides some hope and some great ideas and tips. And guys, if you need a wedding planner, take the stress off your plate book with Julie and her fantastic team. I'm telling you right now, guys, it does not sound like you're going to regret it. Anyways, babes, you know the drill. I publish new episodes every Monday. If you like this podcast, as well as my other podcasts I've done in the past, please go on Apple Podcasts and rate, review, subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed. We're almost at the 7K mark. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you guys next Monday.